One of the biggest choices couples have to make is their wedding attire. Of all the choices that you are going to make for your wedding, this is one of the few things that will show up in almost all of your wedding photos. So naturally, you're going to spend a lot of time thinking about your dress. Today, I'm talking with Katie Wadhams, the owner of the Lovely Bride Salon in Rochester, New York, about wedding dress trends and the wedding dress buying process. Whether you've already bought your dress or you're about to embark on the dress buying process, you're going to get a lot out of this episode because of the tips and information Katie shares with us. This is going to be another super informative episode. So without further ado, let's get to today's interview. You're listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verve Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Hey guys, it's Desiree. Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to first give a shout out to our sponsors. The first is our own wedding planning template shop. Regardless of where you are in your wedding planning journey, this shop has tons of resources I created specifically for you based on a lot of the tools I use with my own clients. My most popular items these days is the ultimate wedding planning checklist for couples, no surprise there, and the wedding mood board template. The checklist is a game changer when it comes to knowing what to do and when in your wedding planning journey. And for all my decor-obsessed couples and fellow wedding pros, the wedding mood board template turns that messy Pinterest board into a cohesive and organized decor roadmap for your day. You can pick up these products and more in the wedding planning template shop at shop.verveventco.com. Again, that's shop.verveventco.com. And don't forget to use my special podcast discount code, which is podcast 10 during checkout. Again, use the code podcast 10 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. The second sponsor of our podcast is The Planner's Playbook. I have been in the wedding industry for almost five years and have been planning and executing events for over 15 years, and I am constantly learning and still trying to level up my game. Candice Coppola, who is the master behind The Planner's Playbook, is also my business mentor, and she has put together an incredible coaching program called The Planner's Playbook. Now, if you want to fast track your wedding planning career, This is your secret weapon to planning, designing, and coordinating magazine-worthy weddings. Seriously. It's designed for wedding planners who are five years or fewer into their business, and it will give you all the training and support you need for a multitude of things, including simplifying your planning process so you have a clear picture of how to work with your clients on any occasion or budget. It will also help boost your productivity with solid systems and processes that make wedding planning easy. I am a spreadsheet queen and Candace's spreadsheets are the bomb.com. So amazing. Every month you will receive a new playbook straight to your inbox and it will be filled with tangible and tactile advice on everything from how to plan a tented wedding to preparing client budgets, mapping out your client journey, all of the things. And the last playbook was over 70 pages of amazing information and I'm still going through it. How can you say no to this? Also, 
The doors to the Planner's Playbook open only four times a year, but you can ditch the wait list and join anytime by visiting my unique sponsor link. Imagine all of the things you could accomplish if you had the right resources and support to guide you. So if you want to learn more about the Planner's Playbook, head to verveventco.com forward slash Planner's Playbook. Again, you can skip the wait list and get instant access with my unique link by visiting verveventco.com forward slash Planner's Playbook. Now, the last sponsor of our podcast is Lovestream. I have used Lovestream with my weddings and my couples are so happy with it. Not to mention they have excellent customer service, which is huge for me. Now, even though we all thought we would be getting back to a quote unquote normal wedding, luckily Lovestream is a one way, high definition, high quality way to stream your wedding and help your guests feel like they're still a part of the audience at your wedding, even though they're sitting on their own couch at home. Your guests click on your personal URL and they're able to watch without logging in, downloading an app, or messing with their microphone settings. Seriously, how many times have you been in a Zoom meeting and someone forgot to mute themselves? Imagine if that happened at your wedding. True story. Now, if you are planning a destination wedding, they also offer all-inclusive live streaming destination wedding packages. I really like Lovestream because the platform is so easy to use for any size wedding. But what I love best about the company is their excellent customer service, which starts right when you visit their site and their live chat feature lets you ask questions before and after you book with them. Seriously, it's so amazing. Now, to get 10% off any Lovestream package, visit verveventco.com forward slash love stream and enter the code ask 10 for 10% off. Again, that's verveventco.com forward slash love stream and use our code ask 10 for 10% off any love stream virtual wedding package. Thank you again to all of our sponsors and to you, our listeners. Without you, we wouldn't be able to have this show. I couldn't make all this free content without your support. So thank you so much for listening, subscribing, supporting our sponsors, and supporting the show. And now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, I am so excited to share with you all my interview with Katie Wadhams. If you are driving and want to get the episode show notes, you can find them at verveventco.com forward slash 56. Again, that's verveventco.com forward slash 56. Really quick though, before we get to the interview, I just wanted to give you all some personal updates before we dive in. So I recently came back from a site visit in Sun Valley, Idaho for a September wedding, and I had never been to that part of the country and absolutely fell in love with it. I've been to California, Las Vegas, and other parts, but not the mountainous areas, I think, and it was absolutely beautiful. I saw elk, there were moose tracks at the behind the house where my clients live. And it just blew my mind that there are all this wildlife just so close to their house. The mountains there are absolutely huge. I grew up near the Blue Ridge Mountains in Virginia, and now we live in New York. And we've skied in Vermont, but the mountains here are just so different. They're just more worn down, I think, because they're much older. And going out there, it's just ridiculous how tall and huge and like jagged and pointy the mountains are. And we've been doing a lot of skiing with our kids this winter. 
I wasn't a skier before I met my husband, but I took it up and I really love it. And the kids are really enjoying it. So I'm super excited to take them out there to Idaho and Denver and all of the mountains out there. It's just so different and so, so beautiful. But I'm also like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to ski out here. I don't know when I'll be able to because the mountains are just crazy. Um, they also had this ginormous sledding hill and it's their sledding hill. But literally, if you guys saw it on my stories, it is four stories tall. Like it's this giant dome in the middle of nowhere. And the people are just so small. And I was just blown away that this is the hill people just go sledding on. So anyways, it was awesome. I went out there because again, like I said, I'm planning a destination wedding in Idaho and the wedding is in September, but I went out there in February to get acclimated to the area. I'm also going to go back in May to do our tasting. But as a planner, it's really important that I'm familiar with the area where we're going to be having the wedding. I want to know where the pharmacy is, where the supermarket is, what the restaurants are like so I can advise guests if they're trying to make plans where to go. I also made friends with the Hertz rental car guy at the airport so I could get a group discount for our wedding guests. And I just drove around to get used to where everything is and get a lay of the land. I toured all the different hotel properties where guests would be staying so I could make sure I could I put together a really accurate transportation plan. I knew the buses would be driving up to the properties. So I had to think like, is the bus going to drive up to the front door? Are they going to pick up guests at a different location that's on a side street? That kind of stuff. I also scoped out the hotel where guests would be staying and found out if they have a business office or if I need to print anything, where am I going to go? Because I'm going to be out there for several days before the wedding itself. It's not like I'm home and I can just run to my local FedEx. I needed to know what places are available to me when I get out there. Um, so that kind of stuff. Anyways, it was super fun. I love Sun Valley. It's absolutely beautiful. I just love, I'm like in love with Idaho now. I'm like ready to move out there. Not really, but I'm just like, I can't wait to come back. So anyways, that is a little life update for me. I also want to remind you guys that it is now March and the last month of season two for the podcast is going to be April because we're going to get into weddings and producing weddings and all that kind of stuff. So the podcast will be on hiatus during the summer months. And then we will return for season three in probably October of 2022. So just keep that in mind if you all have any questions or want to drop me any um, suggestions for episode topics or whatever. I would love to hear them because that's going to help us as we form the final episodes for season two, and then also as we're putting together season three. Anyways, let's get to today's interview with Katie Wadhams. Um, again, you can find the show notes at verveventco.com forward slash 56. And without further ado, let's roll my interview with Katie Wadhams of Lovely Bride Rochester. Welcome to today's episode of Ask the Planner. Today, we're talking about bridal fashion trends for 2022 and potentially even 2023. Yes, we are doing another trends episode because I love talking about trends and you guys love listening to them. And it was when I did a blog post a couple of years ago on wedding fashion trends, it was literally one of my most popular blog posts ever. And it carried my Pinterest pins for so long because everyone just kept repinning it. So I wanted to bring an expert in to talk with us about bridal fashion. So I am bringing in Katie Wadhams of Lovely Bride Rochester. Uh, Katie and I met a couple of years ago, like I said, because she owns the Rochester location of Lovely Bride. And we'll get, we'll get into that in her bio. But 
it, her store is literally six minutes from my home, which is so convenient, but I don't see her enough at all. Um, so I'm glad that she is here with us today. So enough about me. Let's learn more about Katie. Katie Wadhams is the owner of Lovely Bride Rochester. People often ask her why she decided to open a Lovely in Western New York, and her answer is, why not? Don't girls everywhere need cool wedding dresses? Completely agree. Katie grew up in the Finger Lakes and then worked in New York City in marketing for retailers, including some online bridal lines, which is where she got the bridal bug. When she decided it was time to come home, opening a bridal shop was a dream come true, and she hopes to meet you in person. Guys, please help me welcome Katie to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today, Katie. I'm so excited to talk to you. Me too. Thanks for having me. Of course. Okay. So first, I love starting each episode, getting to know our guests a little bit before we dive into the interview. Can you let us know, you know, I read your bio, but if you could share with us in your own words a little bit more about you and how you got started in the industry and what brought you to where you are today? Sure. So like you said, I um, I grew up locally and then I moved down to New York City after college um, and got into public relations and worked for some PR agencies. And I worked in-house at Macy's doing PR for them for a long time. And then I was working at a marketing agency for a long time. And we were tasked with um, helping to launch Beholden, which is obviously Anthropology's bridal brand. I'm sure everyone knows all about them. Um, And I had always been, it's super cheesy and I'm totally okay sharing it, like a total bridal fanatic. Um, You know, I think I've seen every episode of Say Yes, the Dress that was ever created. And I still watch them, even though my husband is like, what is wrong with you? You live this. Why are you watching it on your time off? Um, and I just have always loved all things bridal. And so I think when I got to work on the Beholden brand, I started to really get ingrained in it. And then, um, I kind of burnt out on, um, corporate America and working for somebody else. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, and I always credit my mother with saying what you should do is move home and open a bridal shop because, um, she knows me better than anyone. And that's what I did. And it's, you know, seven years later, it's been a super success and, We've built such an amazing community of brides here in Rochester, and we just love it. Awesome. I love that. And I remember when I first met you and you told me that you had launched Beholden. Guys, you probably, I don't, I was very unaware that the B-H-L-D-N is pronounced Beholden until I met Katie. <laughs> so in case you guys are new to the bridal industry, that's what it, that's how you pronounce it. So that was something that I learned definitely from Katie. You you aren't the only one. People always come in and they're like, oh, I saw this dress on BHLDN. I'm like, behold it. And they're like, oh, so don't, you're not alone. Don't worry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, great. Um, and so you, you opened the bridal salon. Did you also, also love fashion as well? Or did you get more into the fashion because of beholden? Um, no, I would say I've also always loved fashion. Um, it's never been like my strongest passion, I would say, but I've always loved retail. And I don't even think I realized that until I worked for retailers. Um, I love everything about the in-store shopping experience and being able to touch and feel garments. And um, that was something that had just always really interested in me. Um, and so, you know, I think bridal was always my first love, but like, I've always felt like passionate about like the the world of fashion in general as well. I would say. I do always love your outfits whenever I come into the store. I think they're always so cute and more fashion forward than a lot of people. So (laughs) no pressure. (laughs) Right. 
Okay. Well, I am so excited to get into our topic today, which is wedding fashion trends for 2022. Um, and it, you know, it's a, I think it's a really fun topic for brides to be and really anyone who's interested in fashion and trends and the wedding industry. I like thinking that I'm kind of hip and I do get a lot of compliments on my outfits, but I don't know if I'm necessarily super fashion forward. <laughs> I think my sister definitely helps style me sometimes because she used to live in the city and she just moved to Connecticut last year, I think, or the year before because of the pandemic. But she was always my go-to person when I would say, I need to update my wardrobe. What do you think I should wear? But, <laughs> but going back to we weddings. All need that. We all need that person in our lives. <laughs> it's true. It's true. She's great at it. She also used to work for Ralph Lauren. So I think, and she lived in the city. So I think she definitely had an edge because I lived in Washington, D.C., and it's not as fashionable as New York City. A little sure. more conservative. Yes, lots of black suits. Yeah. Um, okay, so going back to weddings, though, do you find that wedding fashion trends change or evolve quickly, or do you find that it takes time similar to other fashion? I definitely think wedding trends are more of a slower burn. Um, I think that things come and they stick around for a long time. Um, and I think it's partially because um, the timelessness of your photos of you in your wedding dress. I think that people are a little more hesitant to do things that are really out there because they know that this kind of look has to withstand the test of time for them. Right. Um, and also, um, you know, the the time it takes for a wedding dress to be made and come in kind of dictates that they can't immediately change the trends so quickly. Because if you're going to wait for your dress to come in six months, um, we want to make sure that the trends aren't changing so quickly that things feel out of date by the time you're able to actually wear your garment. Right. That makes complete sense. Good. Um, and then do new collections of gowns come out often or how often are designers updating or it's kind of like... Not not really switching the lines, but how often are new collections coming out for the designers? Sure. So some designers only show us new collections once a year. And they usually will present, you know, somewhere between like 12 to 15 gowns, depending on the designer. And these are designers that we work with that are a little bit smaller and more independent. Um, so some do once a year. And then we have other designers that do twice a year. And we go to Bridal Market in New York in October and April. So we can see the new collections then. Um, and so, um, and then we have a couple of designers who will actually parcel dresses out throughout the year. So Made With Love is one of our most popular designers and a great example of this, where every few months they'll drop like three or four new dresses. And I think that's the closest you're going to come to fast fashion in mm -hmm. bridal is when you see that like regular updating of, um, of what is in the collection. Um, but it's not something where you're going to see newness on a regular basis for sure. Oh, okay. That makes complete sense. And probably, I would think that it takes a lot of time to come up with these fashions or these, you know, these gowns and designing them and, and then creating them. So you want to spend some time, you know what, you want to get some money back too from, from all the time that you spent on them. Totally. And I think too, it's like they, it's a huge investment for the designers to come up with a new collection. You know, they have to buy all of the fabrics and have them milled and spend the time doing, you know, the design work and then patterning and, you know, um, inventing and making sure everything's right and fitting. And so it's a slower process than fashion where you're making regular every day, ready to wear, where you're just like making a jacket that maybe you've made six times before, but you've changed the fabrication or you've changed the color or things like that. You know, I think they really try to reinvent the wheel every time they come out with a new collection and it just takes the time, you know, takes time for them to do that. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I always thought that when you would talk about going to bridal market, that it sounded so fancy and fun. Um, and maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. But um, when you're there and you're seeing the different collections of the designers, how do you decide what gowns are you going to carry in the store? A lot of it is gut. Um, and I think, you know, having done this for seven years now, we've gotten a little bit better at that. Um, a lot of it is just like seeing it on a model and saying like, that looks so good on the body. And I know girls are going to love it because it's going to make them feel good when they put it on. Um, so that's a big piece of it. I think we used to go to market and just buy for, um, whatever the trends were. And that's, we still do that, but we try to be a little bit more picky about like, okay, this is on trend, but it's also like a really great dress and it's well-constructed. The price point feels right for our market. It feels like something that's attainable to our brides. It's exciting. It's fresh. It's new. And it looks really good on. So I think we you know, have a few different qualifiers. Um, but I think for me, it's really just kind of like a gut reaction. Like, is this exciting? Are my brides going to be excited about it? And you know, will they look forward to having it in the store? Right. And I always, I love how, whenever I talk with you about your process, because you guys are always about making sure that the bride feels good in her gown and that it's, that it's, it's, they're not self-conscious about themselves. It really is supposed to like augment them and their personality and that they're comfortable in it too. Yeah. I mean, I think we talk in appointments all the time about like, we A, we want brides to feel like themselves and they're not wearing a costume. It's really important to me that people not feel like I'm dressing up as a bride that day. It should feel like here I am on my wedding day as a bride in this dress that I love, which I think are, is a is a small... Um, you know, thing to, to say, but I think it's important that like we make that distinction. Um, and also I think we try really hard to make sure that brides are buying dresses that are going to do what needs to be done for their bodies. And that doesn't mean we discourage them away from a trend or a look that they want. We just try to be smart about selecting things that if they're bigger busted are going to give them the support they need, or mm -hmm. if, you know, they are, you know, they're, they want to dance all night, like they're not going to feel restricted. Um, you know, we try to really listen and talk to them throughout the process to make sure we're getting that right. And also being really transparent with them about, we know you love this dress, but here are the things that may be a challenge or a limitation when you wear it. And just make sure that you're thinking about that. And I think everyone has, you know, limitations as far as like what they're willing to put up with on their wedding day. And we just try mm -hmm. to be like as open and honest and straightforward with them about like different things as we can, because the dress isn't going to come in and like be a magic bullet. And exactly. It's like when you go to get your haircut and you're like, I'm going to get this haircut. And all of a sudden I'm going to look 20 pounds lighter and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I think sometimes girls have expectations for their wedding dress like that. And we try to be really like honest with them about like, this is going to look good on your body. This is going to do what you wanted to do or it's not. And let's have a conversation about it. Right. Yeah. I think that's great. So, so when you're at the bridal market, um, and then you're selecting the gowns that you guys want to carry in the store. Is there how much of a lag time is it from when you see the gown, you select it, and then you're, you're able to have them in the store? Usually it's somewhere from four to six months. Um, so if when I see market um, in October, I made selections in October, we're just starting to see those dresses come into the store now. So it's been about three and a half, four months now. And by the time we get them all in, it'll probably be like five or six months. Um some of our designers have gotten really smart about that and they have like a small set of stock ready to ship immediately because they know a dress is going to be a great dress. Um, so some of our designers are getting a little bit better about getting things out to us sooner. But for the most part, we're waiting probably like somewhere between four and six months for things to come in. 
Okay. That makes sense. Um, so, and I, and I think a lot of times, you know, with trends, they travel from the runway and the, to the salon and to the customer. And then finally it's like reaches the general public and then people <laughs> are, you know, accepted as a trend because it's, it's been around for a little bit. Have you seen significant changes in the way trends are going or like what is popular in the last couple of years? Or do you think it's kind of more consistent or like with the pandemic, if things had changed a lot because of what had been happening? I think things have been pretty consistent um, over the past few years. I think people are playing it a little bit safer. And I think that's partially because of the pandemic. Um, uh, We are seeing some trends emerging, like the second dress or the dress for you know, they've had maybe their ceremony and now they're going to have like a party later because they can have a bigger group now where we're seeing girls like seeking out like something maybe a little bit more casual for that element. But I think for the most part, you know, there's been a sense of like um, a very like clean and classic look in bridal right now. And that seems to kind of just like keep holding steady. And I think girls just feel like it's timeless and they're always going to love it. And it feels kind of like a safe choice for them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I remember when I was dress shopping, I was between two different dresses and one was this very dramatic Ula Maya dress and it had big scallops on the bottom and it was definitely like a big ball gown and I loved it and it made me look tall and thin. I was like, I never look tall and thin because I'm short. I love this dress, but it was too dramatic and it also didn't fit well with the venue that I was going in, but I could see. And so I went with something that definitely was much more me. it was it was a sweetheart neckline, which I know you think is is very flattering on many body types. Um, but it was definitely on the safer side. But I think the other one would, would have just been too dramatic, anyways. Like it wouldn't have fit well with the venue that I was going to. So I was like, and how do you beautiful. feel? Ab- and how do you feel about your decision today? Are you still happy with your decision? I am very happy with the decision. I think it was definitely the right choice. And I remember when I put it on. I could see myself getting married in this dress. The other dress was probably more costumey and again, dramatic. And I loved being dramatic. But I'm like, I don't need that kind of drama for my wedding day. I think this dress, I loved it. And I like, you know, we put the veil on and then I started to tear up and I was like, this is definitely the one. And I think I love the photos. So I'm still very, very happy with that choice. But I still think about that dress. I'm like, if I could go to like a ball, you know, like a ball, that would have been the dress that I would have worn. Okay. I wish we all had those occasions to go to. If we all right. had like events like that to go to. <laughs> okay. So let's get into the actual trends. Um, okay. So at the recent market that you went to, so did you go in, in October, right? Was that the I last did. one that you went to? Okay. Did you notice any particular trends that were new or emerging that we think brides should be looking out for? Or there are there ones that you're just p- particularly excited about? Yeah. So I think, um, like I said, I think cleaning classic continues to be a huge trend, like lots of crepe fabrics, satin fabrics, um, things that don't have a lot of lace or bedazzlement on them. And and we've seen that consistent the last couple of years, and we definitely saw it again in market. I think what was exciting to me about it this time is I think the designers are finding like small ways to put like really interesting twists on that look. Um, So we're seeing like really beautiful removable chiffon sleeves, um, mm-hmm. uh, opera, opera gloves. We started to see those at market. And I feel like that was such a trend before and it completely went away. And we were seeing these really beautiful, interesting opera gloves kind of like emerging again, which I think is really fun. Um, capes, which we've seen kind of out there the last like year or so, I think 
have kind of like taken on a whole new life. There's all kinds of embellishment on them and, and pearls and scattered pearls and sparkles and lace trim. And um, so I think we're seeing a lot of the the evolution of capes and kind of where they could go, um, adding sleeves to them and things like that. Um, so lots of accessories that I feel like the brides can kind of add to their look and serve multiple purposes, but really like make like something that maybe felt really standard before their mm-hmm. own based on like the look that they're going for. And I'm excited about that. So we have a lot of accessories coming in right now, like puff sleeves and things like that, that we can very easily when we're working with brides pull in and show them like lots of different ways that they can wear like a really standard, you know, sleek crepe gown. Um, that was one of the big trends we saw. I think, um, the nineties are back, whether we want them to be or not for those of us who lived through them and, and wore fashion during the nineties. Um, like we're what seeing about that the 90s? Like, um, lots of, um, like strong shoulders on dresses, like, Mm -hmm. um, almost like a shoulder pad, um, in, in, inside the dresses, um, which I think is kind of fun and makes like a real statement. Um, very like sleek and business-like looks. Um, like we saw, we saw some, um, and we have one here in the store. It's almost like a, like a blazer style dress that's short. It's like a shorty, but like an oversized blazer idea. Um, lots of pleat work that I think is kind of like reminiscent of that idea of like pleated pants in the nineties. Um, like lots of box pleats on skirts and, and pleat work on bodices and things like that. Um, um, and like open corseting, I think, which we saw a lot in the nineties, like you're seeing a lot still, I mean, that's been out there for a little bit, but I think we're seeing even more of it. This really sleek and sophisticated sexiness of like a, a totally exposed corset in a dress, um, or interesting cutouts, which we've seen in ready to wear too. So I think the nineties are going to be here for a bit, whether, you know, like I said, we're happy about it or not. And then I think the other really big trend that we're starting to see, um, is like this kind of like Hollywood glamour, um, kind of like a red carpet meets bridal idea. Um, and that's kind of manifesting itself in the form of, you know, um, lots of satin fabrics that have like a bit of a shine on them. It makes me think of, um, Carolyn Bissett when she married um, JFK Jr. Like it's that kind of like really sleek, slinky, shiny fabric that doesn't forgive anything. Um, That kind of like idea, like I can picture her with like her gloves on and like that slinky dress. And I think that's very much what we're seeing again from a glamour perspective, lots of interesting draping and seams and things cut on the bias that feel very like, you know, if it was a different color, you could walk down the red carpet in it. Um, I think those are the three big things we saw. Um, I also think we're seeing more, um, more of a modest take on bridal in some ways. I think things have been really sexy for a really long time. Um, lots of very low cut V's and sheer bodices and a lot of skin exposure. And I think we're starting to see a little bit more and we're hearing it in the store too, with brides saying, I don't want like everything hanging out. Like I want to leave something to the imagination. And that doesn't necessarily mean like a big poofy ball gown. I think it just means like maybe a more modest neckline or a higher neckline, or maybe her whole back isn't open or things are lined. Um, So we're just kind of starting to see that now. And I think we're getting asked for it in the store more and more. And I think the designers are finally kind of starting to respond to that. That's interesting because I do remember thinking if I were to get married again, what I would wear. And a lot of the dresses that I see are are much more sexy, which is great. I'm like, if you got it, flaunt it. But I'm also like, 
my mom is going to see me in this dress. My dad's going to see me in this dress. Like, would I be comfortable wearing that, you know, in front of them <laughs> or going yeah, to the church I, or whatever? So, yeah. I feel the same way. I'm always like, and I mean, I think we have so many brides come in and put these dresses on and they look absolutely stunning in them. And, you know, if my body looks like that, I would probably do it too. Um, but I think there are also girls that are like, I just, even though I could do it, I just feel like I want to like have something that feels a little more on like timelessly wedding appropriate. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we're starting to see a little bit more of that kind of start to filter in. Got it. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and when you say clean and classic, cause I don't know if people know what that means. Are you thinking, are you, are you referring to like more like a column dress with not a lot of folds or what do you mean by that? I, I think it could be really any silhouette. So it could be a ball gown. It could be, a, you know, a, a classic fit and flare. It could be more of a sheath. It's more the idea of like, there's not embellishment on it. So there wouldn't be any lace. There wouldn't be any, um, any beadwork or anything like that. It's just like a really simple look um, that could be, you know, a really classic sweetheart satin ball gown. Um, or a, a v-neck um, crepe fit and flare. So I think that we have like a couple racks in the store that we kind of say, these are our clean and classic. And what the biggest thing is, is that there just isn't a lot going on on the dresses. It's just more of like right. a simple look that allows the bride to really be the star. That makes sense. Um, and we're definitely going to try to show some of these examples in our show notes for anyone listening that wants to see what Katie is talking about, because I think um, pictures obviously help you understand what she's referring to. So that will be, that will be great. Um, okay. So do you, f- are you excited to be showcasing a lot of these trends in the store or do you feel like you have to balance some of the different styles with what you think is a little bit more fashion forward, but then also thinking about your market and the clientele and what they're going to be asking for you from, from you guys? I think, um, we definitely try to showcase the trends. Um, when we opened the store, I think we tried really hard to have this balance between things that felt really safe and things that felt like we were really pushing the envelope. Um, and I think what we found is that the brides that come to shop with us want us to push the envelope. Like they're coming to us because they feel like Lovely is a store that like really is featuring up and coming designers and up and coming trends. And so I think what we do best with and what our brides are asking for are things that feel like they're on trend and what they're seeing on Instagram and Pinterest and what's inspiring them. And they're looking to us to really provide it. So we certainly have things that feel, you know, a little bit more traditional and timeless and, you know, they, you know, feel like more like what I think brides have been wearing for a long time, but we do focus a lot on things that I think do push the envelope out a little bit. Oh, that's great. I think all of the dresses that you guys have are always gorgeous. And <laughs> I just love, I just love going in the store and looking at them and like very gently touching them. Cause I'm like, they're just so beautiful, <laughs> but then also not because I don't want to get fingerprints on them and like drink coffee around them or whatever. So, so it's okay. <laughs> no red wine. Otherwise right. I'm fine with it. <laughs> right. So if you had to predict upcoming trends you think for the for bridal fashion in the next year or two is there anything that you're hoping to see or that you're tired of and will are hoping that will go away or that you're ready yeah, to move I, away from yeah I think like we were just saying I definitely think that like overt sexy all the skin showing I am ready for that to like have mm-hmm. its day and like sail away at least on from a perspective of like everything feeling like that Um, you know, I think it's okay to still offer that for brides that really want it, but I think we also need some stuff that feels a little bit like more covered up and more conservative for brides that need it. Um, I'm excited to maybe start to see some like detail come back into bridal. Like I said, you know, there's been so much simplicity happening 
And I think we're, you know, we're, I, I'm desperate for like more is more. Like, I feel like we need like some things that feel like exciting because we haven't seen them in a while that have like a lot of sparkle or a lot of lace or things like that. So it'll be, I'm curious to see where the market goes and how designers like continue to evolve. Like the ideas that I think have been like hot for the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm excited to see too. It's always interesting to me to see what the new trends are, like looking into, you know, doing research for the podcast and what trends are coming. One of the ones that we talked about in the last in the episode was how Bridgerton inspired clothing. Um, And I don't also know if it's like if it was inspired because of Bridgerton, but I think that kind of um, Regal or the puff sleeves, which I think was around, I don't know if it was because of Bridgerton. But, or the the Empire Waste um, was an interesting one that I saw that people are, are talking about. Um, we saw Washington. a little, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, can't wait for the next season. Right. Um, but I don't know if the Duke's going to be here. I don't think he is, which I makes know. me really sad. I'll I just know. watch season one over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> um, we yeah. saw some Bridgerton in the market. And it's like each, I feel like each designer had like one dress that was like, oh, there's the Bridgerton dress. There it is. She did it too. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, there it is. Um, And we, and I think that like when it first came out, we got asked for it a little bit. And then I feel like it just wasn't the thing where the people that felt bridal to people. So I'll be curious now with like season two coming out, if we start to see that kind of like surge up again. I don't know. I always feel like predicting what's going to be next in trends is so hard. When people ask me that question, I'm like, I don't know. Like, it'll be like one picture that goes viral of some right. girl that had a custom dress and then everybody wants to like, right. like emulate that. And so right. it's just, you know, person got married totally. or something and then yes. everyone wants that look. Yes. Yes, totally. And I feel like it's so hard to predict that based on, you know, what people's responses to things are going to be and what they're going to be excited about. But Right. And it's also, you know, you can't predict if there's a pandemic coming or if things are changing and like that, like world events also, I think, do affect fashion and or how people are making their choices too, which is really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. We're definitely seeing that in, in bridal in general. Um, it's the, the pandemic has definitely, obviously it's affected people's weddings beyond belief and how that has happened. And it's affected the number of weddings that are happening in the next year and how, you know, all vendors and wedding, you know, wedding professionals are responding to that and then keeping their head above water is certainly, um, interesting. Um, but we're also seeing it from like a timeline perspective. So, um, you know, we have a lot of designers that have, you know, fabrics that are milled overseas or um, things that are made custom for them and like they're not able to get their fabrics anymore. And so, you know, they're we're getting emails daily or regularly from designers that are like, you know, we brought a run a one month delay while we, you know, wait for fabrics to come in or fabrics to be finalized or our staff is, you know, not able to work in our in our sewing room right now because of, you know, something COVID related. And so, um, I encourage brides from a pandemic perspective, like when you feel ready to order, don't wait, make sure you get it ordered so that we can make sure we've got like a really nice buffer for you to have your dress come in and we don't have to worry about those types of things. Um, 
And I think the the pandemic has certainly also um, affected price points, just like it has with everything in the world. Yes, it's really hard to have that conversation. But um, you know, I think it's more expensive to have things shipped. It's more expensive to have things made and produced. And so I think we've definitely seen that with regular price increases from our designers across the board too. So. Um, you know, we try to be really transparent with pricing here at the store. Um, on our website, you can literally see every single dress we have in the store with the price point attached to it so that you can really um, understand like where the price points sit before you come in. And then we don't have to have, you know, that conversation when you get here. And it's really about, you know, you feeling like you have the information you need before you come in. Yeah, sorry, I went on a tangent. No, that's good. I was actually <laughs> going to ask you about that, how the pandemic has changed the bridal fashion industry, because there have been, you know, changes with budgets and what I'm worried about and things that I'm you know, talking to my couples about. Do you feel that because of the, you know, the mills, I have to, I'm like worried about my tablecloths not coming in because there are no people that are in the mills to make the, the cloths to replenish the supply. So you feel like there's going to be long-term changes in the fashion industry because of what we've been going through for the last couple of years? I do. I think everyone's going to like play it a lot safer and make a lot less assumptions about what's going to be possible. Um, and I think we're going to continue to see that. And I think, you know, we've had designers just be like, we're just discontinuing this dress because we can't get the fabric anymore. We don't know when we're going to be able to get it again. And so it's gone now. So I think, um, I think we'll probably see collections, um, get smaller and more controlled because the designers will feel more comfortable knowing that like the resources they need are there for them to get the things they need to make those items. Um, and they just feel like it's more of like an under control situation as opposed to being like, we're going to make 30 dresses and we feel totally confident. We're going to be able to deliver all 30 of these dresses with all the fabrics we need for all of them on time for your brides. Um, but I think everyone is just, I think like a little, um, uh, timid right now about like how much or how big to go because they just don't know what's going to happen. I think there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Right. And I think that makes complete sense because, um, you know, with, with the kind of investment that the designers have to make in the collections, you want to make sure that you're able to provide that or, and not, you know, under prom, no, over promise and then not be able to deliver on that, which puts you in a difficult situation and puts them in a difficult situation. You know, it's not, it's not good for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we haven't missed a wedding yet, which is awesome. That hasn't happened yet, but certainly we've had some like close calls where like we've been right down to the wire trying to get something for somebody. And, you know, we try to be very like communicative about that. So they know what's going on. And again, transparency about like, listen, the designer just can't get the fabric right now. So like, this is what's going on. Um, but it's, you know, it's not a time where I feel like a lot of designers are feeling like willing to just, you know, go out on a limb and do a lot of crazy stuff that they might have done before. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and if you are you finding that it's also affected the dress purchasing timeline? I remember when we talked a while ago, you usually recommend that they come in and they purchase their dress nine to 12 months prior to their wedding date. But has that changed? That's still my like hard and fast rule of thumb. I would still like to have everyone buy their dress at least nine months before their wedding. I think we've moved more to like feeling like a year, like feels a lot more comfortable. We can get something within nine months. Um, but I, if everyone could come in 12 months before their wedding, that would be ideal because it gives us so much time for a buffer. A lot of our designers who used to be able to deliver a dress to us in four months are now at six months. Mm -hmm. um, and that's partially because of fabric availability and 
the sheer volume of weddings happening in 2022. Um, yes, it's real. (laughs) And brides and I feel like our brides know that like they definitely come in. They're like, Oh my God, there's so many weddings. I'm like, yes. And that's why these things are happening. Um, and I think we get a lot of questions in the store from brides and, and family members about like, well, when do I need to order by? And I, our response is when you feel ready, just get it ordered because things are changing constantly. And we're constantly getting updates from designers on what's available and when it's available. And now we've discontinued this dress and it's gone and now we can't order it anymore. And so I just think, and I don't want to scare brides. I just want to be honest and upfront with them that like, when you feel ready and you find what you love, get it ordered and then you don't have to worry about it and it's going to be here and it'll be great. Right. And so, you know, go along, going along with that, um, cause you're talking about there is a much higher volume because even though the people that have postponed, there's still new people getting engaged and they don't want to wait necessarily for another year or two because there aren't venues or whatever that are available. So they want to try to figure out a way to get married. Now, are you finding that there's going to be shortages of wedding dresses? Cause I remember that, like, I don't know. I'm like losing track of time right now. But I remember in 2020, <laughs> there was this whole scare of dress shortages because the mills had stopped and they hadn't, they couldn't go to work or whatever. And so they weren't even able to make the clothes that had been promised. Is that something that you're concerned about at this point? I'm not, cons- I'm not concerned about orders that have been placed and confirmed. Those mm-hmm. I'm not concerned about because I think our designers have figured out how to make sure that they're controlling the number of orders they're taking so that they can be sure that they can fulfill them. What I'm concerned about is girls whose weddings are in like five to six months who haven't ordered something yet, because what's happened is because the designers are being so conscientious about making sure that any orders they've taken can be fulfilled, they're not allowing us to like ask for rushes anymore. So in bridal, we can ask designers for a rush. And that means that like we can guarantee that a dress can be here maybe in 12 weeks instead of five months and you pay a fee for that. It's like a, you know, a special fee, but you get priority from the designers. And so because they are like, we already have this magnitude of orders that have come in, we're no longer accepting any rush orders because our production team is just completely full and we don't have any time in our schedule to take rushes. And so it stinks for us because we have to tell people like on a regular basis right now that we just, there's like nothing that we can get them in time. Um, and that's really hard. It's a terrible conversation to have to have with people. Yeah. Um, we've tried to kind of like come up with a, um, a stable of like resources for them, like other stores in the area that you can go to and buy directly from the rack and walk out with a dress that day and you'd be good to go. Um, or, you know, online resources where people are selling their wedding dresses and things like that. But I think, you know, for girls that are just engaged and planning to get married in the next year, like, you know, you definitely want to make sure you're on top of getting your dress ordered, getting the the big things taken care of so that you're sure you've got that stuff locked in and you don't have to worry about it. And you can get what you want as opposed to feeling like you have to choose something from what's available, which is no right. fun. Yeah, right. I, I agree. Um, so we're going to start to wrap up. But since we're talking about wedding fashion trends and designers, um, are there, you know, in your line, do you get to see or do you get to like watch if there's new and up and coming designers or is it more like when you're, cause you're part of lovely ride. So are there specific designers that you all typically work with? And then do you try to look out for new designers or what's that like at all? So, um, we definitely try really hard to foster like up and coming indie designers here. And I think there's a lot of designers that are in like have national exposure now that like, if they hadn't been kind of discovered by lovely, um, I don't know that they would have gotten to that point, like Rudison and, 
um, Alexander Greco, who, you know, is like one of the two of our like, you know, kind of key designers and most lovely locations carry both of them. Um, so we're always looking for like what's new and fresh. And that's, what's so exciting about being part of lovely and being able to bring that to girls in Western New York is like giving them the access to these designers that are like independent designers who are harder to find, who are handmaking their gowns in their studio in New York city. And you're really getting something that feels like really special and unique and you're not going to see yourself coming and going. Um, so we're always on the lookout for new, you know, new people like that. Um, we have a couple of new people that we just brought in this past year. One is a designer called Aileen, which is out of um, Toronto. And they do a lot of that, like really beautiful ball gown um, look. Mm-hmm. And we can, we'll provide some photos so you can share them too. Mm-hmm. And um, Danny Tabbitt, who's a French designer who is like just starting to kind of like pop up in the United States. So we've just, a lot of lovelies have just picked him up as well. So they're kind of like smaller named um, designers who like are really looking to like have a presence here in the US. And it's exciting to kind of be able to do that for them. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. I can't wait to see um, the new designers because it's, I, I, I love hearing who my brides choose. And sometimes they're, they're people that have been established for a long time, but other ones they are, you know, the ones that, that are working with you, they're new designers all the time. So it's always nice to see who the new people are. Um, so yeah, awesome. And yeah, we'll definitely include some photos from that as well. Okay. So um, I think before we start to wrap up, and I think this is probably one of my last questions, is there anything in particular you think brides should know going into the dress shopping process right now or before they start shopping? Because we're talking about fashion. I think we've talked about a lot of it. Um, I think the timeline is situation is very important right now and being very aware of like what the timeline process is. Um, I always tell brides to do their homework. It's really important to do that before you start the shopping process. Like have a conversation with somebody who's buying the dress about how much money you want to spend. Don't wait until you get to the shop to try to figure that piece out because that's not a fun time to do that. Like the shopping day should just be about like fun and like enjoying yourself. Um, you know, really do some research about what designers you might be interested in and what stores are they carried at and make sure you're focusing, you know, your time and your energy, making appointments at places that have the types of things that you're interested in trying on, um, available to you at the price point that you want to be. And like, you know, lovely isn't for everybody. There's lots of other great stores in the area that might have something that feels more suited to you. So make sure you're kind of doing that research and feel good about the places you're going and spending your time. It's no fun to overshop. It's no fun to do five appointments in one day. I promise you by the end of the day, you're going to be like, why am I doing this to myself? And that's not how it's supposed to feel. Um, so it's like, you know, more efficient, um, and better experience is the way to go. Um, and just, you know, I think brides need to have some fun with it. Like, I think that because of things like Say Yes the Dress, which I love, and Pinterest and Instagram, I think brides put so much pressure on themselves to have this, like, perfect experience about around their wedding dress. And they have to have this moment. And it's just that's not the reality for everyone. And the most important thing is to have have a good time. You know, there's there, there are a few bad decisions. Like, most things are going to be beautiful and wonderful. And, you know, I think trust your gut and, you know, just enjoy the process and don't put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's a really good point. Um, so one question I love asking our guests before before you hop off is since you are the experts, if you could give our listeners one piece of advice, which you've already given us a lot. So if there's nothing <laughs> else, I completely understand. But if there's like a surprising detail that they're probably not thinking about when it comes to wedding planning or wedding dress shopping, what would it be? 
I think it's really important to just be open to anything and everything that comes your way. Um, you know, you can surprise yourself. Like you might put a dress on that you never thought in a million years that you would love and put it on and just be blown away by it. So be open to the process, be open to working with your stylist and sharing with them. We're here to help you. We want it to be an awesome experience. And so, you know, trust us to make sure that whatever you end up with is going to be amazing. That's a great point. I, I think that's, I, I remember when I was doing my dress shopping, um, my mom was with me and I always, I, I can't, I had like all these ideas of what I wanted to wear. And then um, she was always, ever since I was growing up, she'd always say like, look for stuff that accentuates or, or not accentuates, but like highlights your best features and makes you like, makes you, you know, you make, augments whatever your best features are. And the dress that I ended up with was not something that I pictured in my mind, but then when I put it on, I was like, this is perfect. So I yeah. think being open yeah. to other ideas is, is, and like to your suggestions, like listening to the stylist and being open to what they're suggesting is a really good idea. Yeah. I think sometimes people come in with a bit of a wall up. Um, and I think I would be that way too, when I shopped, cause I feel like I know what I'm doing. I don't need your help. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, but I think like, we really are just here to help you. We're not here to shove a dress down your throat and like, you know, just, you know, try to be open to like our feedback or our thoughts, our input. Cause you know, we work with the dresses every day and you know, we, we have a little bit of info about what might be great. Right. And it's not like the drama that you're trying to create in the store that that you see on the dress. (laughs) No, I don't want any of that drama here. I always say to brides, if you hate it, I will take it off your body immediately. (laughs) Right, right. Okay. So before we wrap up the interview, I love asking our guests one last question because I believe that life is too short to waste it on moments without meaning or don't give us joy. So what gives you the most joy and is the most meaningful for you? It's so funny because when I leave the house every morning, my son likes to ask me, why are you going to work? So he <laughs> likes to lay on the mom guilt. But what I say to him is I have to go to work to make people's dreams come true. And I know that's cheesy and I know that's ridiculous, but I really feel that. I feel like I come here every day and I want to make people's dreams come true and I want to make them so happy. And I have so many moments throughout the day where I feel like I actually get to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what brings me joy and meaning when I'm here is that you know, I love when I can surprise somebody with a dress that they thought they were going to hate or when we can, you know, bring somebody's vision to life or even with my employees, you know, if they are able to sell a dress to a bride that they never thought they were going to sell a dress to, I feel like they get joy and feel value from that. So I think just being able to be the creator of this place that I feel like is a happy, wonderful, friendly, warm place is I think what really brings me joy on a regular basis. Oh, I love that. That is so true. Because I think like uh, all of us in our industry, in our own professions, um, hopefully people come to us because they they do want the help that we're offering them because we're not here, you know, to drama or for our egos or whatever. We're here to make you happy and enjoy the process. So I, I totally see that in you. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, Thank well, you. Katie. Yeah. So um, before we wrap up, now I'm going to ask you, where can our listeners find you all online and in all the places? 
So you can find us online at lovelybride.com and you can actually schedule an appointment. And like I said, see all of our wedding dresses there. And I really recommend for any brides to be that you spend some time on our website. And the other great place to check us out is Instagram. Um, We have two Instagrams. There's our national Instagram that oversees all of our lovely stores and that's just lovely bride. Um, And then our specific local Instagram is lovely bride Rochester. So I would say give both of them a follow. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for joining us today. Everyone, Katie Wadhams of Lovely Bride. Thank you again. Well, I hope you all enjoyed today's episode with Katie. Isn't she awesome? I just love talking to her all the time when I'm in her salon. I could, I feel like I could talk to her for hours. She knows so much about fashion in general, but she also knows a lot about brides, what they need, what they're looking for as far as their garments and how they want to dress, how to dress people in garments that flatter their body types, and how to make them feel beautiful both on the inside and out. I just love it. I love other bridal salons as well, but if you are looking for a wedding gown, definitely look to see if there's a lovely bride salon in your area. I like how they have all of their designers on their websites, which a lot of, um, actually most of the wedding dress salons should do because not every salon carries the same designers. So definitely familiarize yourself with who they carry, what types of dresses there are going to be at the store so that you save your time and want to make sure that it's a good fit for what you're looking for. Like I said, there are several lovely bride salons over the all over the country. So take advantage of them if they are in your area, but otherwise check out other salons. I hope that this episode was really helpful in helping you kind of figure out what to look for, what you might want for your wedding dress, and also some tips on how to shop and all that kind of stuff. I also have another blog post on my blog that's just about wedding dress shopping. Her um, One of her associates actually, her, one of her stylists, put together a blog post for me on wedding dress tip. One of her stylists put together a blog post just on wedding dress shopping tips. So definitely check that out. We will link to that in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, anyways, the episode show notes are at verveventco.com forward slash 56. So if you have any questions regarding what we talked about today or or um, other questions for the podcast, just drop them in your review. Speaking of reviews, I love it when you always leave reviews. I I really, really appreciate it. I read every single one. And the, your reviews really help other listeners find the show and other couples who are also maybe struggling with wedding planning or just want extra help planning their wedding. It's also really great for vendors that are looking for help or other insight into the the whole process of planning a wedding. So please sh- share the show. I love when you guys leave reviews or just leave me comments or slide into my DMs. So thank you so much for all of that. I just really appreciate that you all are here with me week after week after week. And I thank you all so much for leaving us the reviews, telling us what you think and sharing the show with your friends and other people that would benefit from it. So thank you again. Oh, like I said before, when you leave a review, please leave your Instagram handle and I will follow you back. Uh, Like I said, I will be dropping in to your DMs to send you some gift cards. I've sent some Starbucks gift cards, Amazon gift cards, and Target gift cards already. So make sure you do that. And I would love to send you a gift card as well. Speaking of reviews, today's listener review is by Heather. Her IG handle is HeatherRay75, which is such a pretty way to spell Ray. It's Heather R-A-E 75, which is so pretty. Anyways, Heather writes, love this podcast, two exclamation points. This show has been so helpful and informative. 
Even if you can't afford luxury events, it is wonderful for planning and understanding the professional side of the wedding industry so that your event can be the best. You can tell Desiree has such a heart for her followers and her job. My favorite tip that I've heard so far is making any gift meaningful. After just coming out of Christmas, it really hits home about not spending frivolously on superficial things and digging deeper to make those connections, even with a heartfelt note. Thank you so much, Heather, for leaving that super sweet review. I I love that tip. That episode was with um, Lavender and Pine on winning gifting, and I think we covered so much in that episode, but I completely agree with you. It doesn't matter how much you're spending on a gift. It's really the thought that counts, which does does sound cliche sometimes, but I think it really rings true. So thank you so much for leaving that sweet, sweet review. I do love my job from working with couples to giving you all any and all the advice on so many topics. I just love sharing my knowledge with anyone and everyone that will listen. I can talk about it for hours. So give me a question and I will talk your ear off. But anyways, thank you so much for leaving that wonderful review. This wraps up today's episode. Um, thank you all so much for being with us. If you could leave us a review, I would really appreciate it. If you don't know what to write, just leave your favorite emojis, maybe your favorite gifts, um, drop a cocktail emoji, champagne glasses, an engagement ring, maybe something that like reminds you of where you live, whether it's mountains or the beach, I don't know. Um, but I really, really appreciate your reviews and being with us on the show. Next week, I'm going to be back and talking you through the many questions you need to ask when you are at your tasting with your caterer. So make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss that episode. I'm going to walk you through all of the questions and things that you need to be thinking about when you're having your tasting with your caterer. And then also some things regarding to setup and floor plans and layout. So lots of information in that episode. Again, thank you so much for joining me today. It really means the world to me that you are listening and subscribing to the podcast and you are with us week after week. Like I said, I would love to hear from you. So if you're ever on Instagram, follow us at Ask the Planner Podcast or on TikTok at Verve Event Co. Have a wonderful, wonderful week and I will talk to you all soon. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you. 